Mr. Pop. I don't think Rolf Harris has got many fans left, does he? Certainly not from the younger generation. This is Rock and Roll, your weekly shot of sport and music with Kevin Hillier, Brian Mannix and Mark Fine. No, only joking, only gagging with everybody. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Rock and Roll, the podcast. My name's Kevin Hillier. With me, as always, Brian Mannix. Thank you, Kevin, for mentioning my name. It's perfectly all right. I got it right, didn't I? Well, it's Brianna's Manixios, but, you know, it's close enough. Yeah, that'll do. Uh, and uh, Mr Mark Fine, of course, as always, is with us from uh, from Lenny's Fine Foods in North Caulfield. Where I'm just decamping. I'm doing a sort of podcast on the move tonight, so right. just listen out for exciting things, possibly like having to go to a petrol station to put petrol <laughs> in it. <laughs> oh, okay. Now we can do that. Oh, well, we'll we'll help you negotiate the major home, the major loan that you'll have to get to fill your car up. Have you seen the oh. price of petrol? My God. But it's just the problem is it's become like that's the price. It's unbearable. Well, I saw it the, on the weekend. It was... Uh, down in Geelong, when I was driving into Geelong, it was a dollar ninety six, and on my way home, it was two dollars twenty five. Yeah, I'm, I'm used to now two twenty, two twenty nine. Yep. yep. What's yeah, the, what's the prices in Queensland? I know you haven't been driving, Brian, but uh, have you noticed? I've got no idea, Kev. Uh, I I did hire an electric uh, scooter the other day. Electric there scooter. Was no, right. Well, yeah, but um, you no, didn't put petrol um, in the electric scooter, did you, Brian? Well, I tried to, and then it sort of shorted out the whole thing. It was the sparks going everywhere and fire, and I didn't get my deposit back. It was terrible. There you go. That's fair enough, too. Now, actually, I'm not sure I did get my deposit back. Oh, now, you, now he's arcing up oh, about that. Now you've, now you've put me in a bad mood right to start. Well, I'm going to oh, increase well. that because I've got a bit of business to do about previous podcasts that we have to sort out. Now, one is. Right. You yes. launched an ungodly attack on poor little Jimmy Somerville, the lead singer of the Bronski Beat. Well, look, Jimmy Somerville launched an unwarranted attack on himself in his own film clip where he got beat up for looking at the guy diving into the pool in the Speedo. Now, hang on, because uh, the, the, the word on the streets from the email is that he wasn't in that. He wasn't in the uh, song that you, you launched him about. He'd left the group before that song came out. It, 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 Kev, it really is irrelevant. He's still a prick. Oh, okay. And no, no. Uh, well, the defence rests. Well, we, we learn something every day, but yeah. I don't think whether he's on the song or not makes him any better. Okay. I really don't. Why Brian hates Jimmy Somerville? We all know. Yep. Yep. Fair Pretty enough. Obvious. Everybody knows because he reminds me of Peter Somerville, that very average Essendon ruckman. <laughs> oh, and a plumber. Was he a plumber, Peter Somerville? Yeah, he was a plumber. He was a, he was a decent player. And, of course, his father was involved in that famous incident in the 1964 preliminary final. Or yeah, how was that? Well, he got knocked out behind – Brian Somerville got knocked out behind Bay, out cold, and nobody at the ground saw it. And That's it right. Collingwood halfback flanker who Polks and I interviewed. That's right. Um, Oh, I can't remember his name. I always forget the guy's name, but he, he, that interview with Pulse and I, he came clean. He confessed. That's ever. right. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, you know, he'd always said he, he'd claimed that he that Somerville had belted him in the knackers or something, but he came clean. He said, "No, that's never happened." What did happen was he played on him before, and Somerville had the habit of raking his studs down the back of his shin when he got too close. You know, you know, the backman would go right up to the player and sort of grab their jumper to stay close. And to get separation, he'd break his – so before the game, this player said to Somerville, you do that again today and that'll be it. Lo and behold, it happened and it was it. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, no one at the ground saw it. There were 90,000 people. But, but – the evidence was overwhelming. There's a famous photo. You know that photo of Muhammad Ali standing over, I can't remember, maybe Sonny Liston when you knocked him out? Yeah. Was it Liston or Frazier? One of them. There's that yeah. famous photo of him yeah. standing over. There's a very similar one of this player standing 
next to the prone body of Somerville. Oh, really? Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have to look that up. I'll have to look that. Guilty as hell. Yep. Now, now, I want to finish the football and the business off because I have, to, I have a confession to make. Firstly, I've gypped you both um, in the footy tips. You gypper. Yeah, but I've gypped myself at the same time because – Unbeknownst to me, in the in the throes of uh, you know getting into a animated conversation about you and Purple and Melbourne Storm and you've showing off your sport knowledge of yacht racing in uh, Bavaria, <coughs> pardon was, me. I think I think it was at Cape Cod, Kev. Yeah, well, Cape Cod, Bavaria. That's it. Um, we went from the North Melbourne versus Richmond game to the Fremantle versus Sydney game and completely missed the Carlton and Geelong game. So where? So we just give ourselves an extra point. Well, that or none of us get a point. So I've no, I, we all would have picked you long. Oh, I would have. Well, I hate Calm. I would have picked you long too. I think, but uh, given well, given that I haven't I, been picking, I'm going to be completely honest. I would have tipped you long. Yeah. So no, all- I think finally, I think finally would have tipped Carlton. I think it's a point for you and me, Kev. He's trying to get at you from both ends. Finally, that's uh, that's it. So I've dove over executive decision. I've checked with the uh, Raffles and Bingo people, and they said, "Piss right. off, Kev. Don't annoy us with that sort of rubbish." Um, uh, so no one's getting a point. So we all miss out on a point. So what happened last week? As predicted, well, Kev, Kev, what you're saying right now is totally pointless. Yes, correct. Okay. Yes. And if I give you a point, it buggers up the next bit of the podcast. So I'm not giving you a point, okay? Because, well, because. I'm hoping that, well, okay. You know, I, you know what was we great get... about that whole discussion? No. How, how old we all are. The raffles and bingo. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell me there is still a bingo commission. Uh, well, get, then someone has to out. oversee the uh, the Tats Lotto numbers yeah, being drawn. It's a something gaming and something in gaming. Oh, okay. Gaming and licensing. But, yeah, I don't think they get out to Laverton. There's a bingo <laughs> stand going on. We used to have to have people come into the radio station and stand there when you did the draw of a prize that was over X thousand dollars because yeah, yeah, they yeah. they reckoned that some radio stations used to rig some of their drawers. <gasps> Ooh, surprise, surprise. <laughs> exactly right. Uh uh, Kev, Kev, several people we went just, to jail in Perth over that, I think. Yes. Kev, can we just get on topic and start talking about American right. football, please? Yes. Okay. We'll get back to the NFL. Because that's in a what minute. this show is listed yeah. as. It's American football. No, it's NF. It's NFI, not NFL. <laughs> it says. It says on my thing. It says, "What's the show about? American football." No, it's. It should say NFI. As in no. no. F- an idea because that's what we've got. (laughs) Let's be honest. Well, well, we do that well. (laughs) Yes, we do. So to get back to the Cartland Geelong thing, and the reason why I'm not giving you a point, Brian, is because as predicted by Finey and myself on this program last week, and it has come Mm. true, the minute you started trying and the minute that you started to be a professional on all sports, we said you'd get two this week, and you know how many you got? Two. Two. I thought I got three. No, you got two. No, hang on. Hang on. You got two. Oh, yeah. No, I counted Carlton. I counted Geelong and Carlton. I there you go. We'd done that. You only got so two. So you, you, you robbed me of a point, yep. Kev. Yep, on purpose, so you'd only get two. So that's how it works. Yeah, so just, a look at the footy just, tips is Brian's on 88, Finey's on 94, and I'm on 96. We both got five uh, this week just gone. Finey, five strokes, six. We'll go I knew that. Yeah. How, how typical. He got serious. And look what happened. <laughs> under the Duckworth Lewis system, he only got two. He only got two well, under I, the Dickhead Lewis system, so it's the same. Well, you can rest assured that that won't happen again. I will not be serious about anything ever again because <laughs> clearly it doesn't work for me. Yeah, fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Willing to go with that. Uh, now, this week's chart, I'm telling you, this is one of the great charts. What a oh. bottler, a ripper this one is. Let oh, me, look, let it me was hard you. to find the bad ones. It was oh, no. fantastic. Oh, no, there are some bad stuff in here. I found them, but yeah, I let, was super impressed with this chart. In fact, there's a couple of bad ones in the top ten, to be honest, but the, mm. the rest of the top ten is bloody top range, top shelf, uh, put it away for 25 years, as, as is the case here. It is uh, – now, I've lost the date of the chart, haven't I? Oh, that's clever, Kevin. Um, it is 1971. It is July Ooh. 1971. Number 10, toast and marmalade for tea by Tintin. Not too bad. Mm, 
that's um, Steve Kipner, who wrote all those big hits for Olivia and that. He was half of Tintin. Um, number nine is Chicka Boom by Daddy Doodrop. I love that song. I loved it. I was I was in grade four, and she's taken her bikini off like she's a ten year old. You just go, how good oh, this great song. Uh, number eight from Jesus Christ Superstar. I don't know how to love him by Helen Reddy. Beautiful vocal performance by Helen on that. I bought the single. Number seven theme from Love Story. Where do I begin? By Andy Williams. Another beautiful vocal performance. Where do well, I- that's it. That's the one. Finding. I had to listen to that today because I told you, I'd, you know, after stuffing around last night, mm. um, I had to listen to that and thinking, oh, this could be a stinker. And you're right. It's a beautiful vocal performance and it's a pretty good song. Yeah, it so, is. It's a lovely yeah. song, actually. Uh, yeah. Number number six, oh, hello, uh, Hot Love by T-Rex. Ah. Uh, now, if you reckon that- that's good. Number five, Brown Sugar by the Rolling Stones. Oh, rock on. Number four, It Don't Come Easy by Ringo Starr, one of his best solo efforts. Absolutely. Written, I think, by George Harrison. And on that album, all of the Beatles played on it. Perhaps not together, but they all played to help Ringo out. So great album, great great song. Uh, Number three, Mozart's Symphony Number 40 by Waldo de la Rios, which is a lovely piece of music, obviously written by Mozart. Uh, number two, much underrated song. This one, "Too Young to Be Married" by the Hollies. Oh, and I'm number stiffy. and number one, I'm telling you, is uh, you know, uh, you just it, <laughs> it just doesn't get any better than Eagle Rock by Daddy Cool. Oh, fantastic chart. And uh, I'm just having a look, and I don't think any of the top ten will make it into my top three. That's how good this chart is. Oh, there's a couple in there that'll make mine. Yeah, no, they're going to go very close. I've, I'm I'm teetering with one uh, with the number three. Finally, what did you think of the 1971 chart? Brilliant. Look, it was a top sixty. Yeah, it is too. Yeah, it's a go. Set, it's the go set national top, whatever it was. Yeah. Some some all time, some of the great songs of all time in that. So, you know, on the good side, you've got some of the all-time greatest songs. And whilst I don't want to um, give it, give up my hand just yet, on the bad side, I've only got two words to say, <laughs> or three words. Yeah, go on. Comb and paper. Cone and paper. Cone, C-O-M-B. Oh, comb and paper. Yeah. Okay. Keep that in your mind. We'll get to the we'll get to the chart and give it a, a good, a really good run because it, it deserves give it a good thrashing. Deserves a good run. Um, before we get to, we've got to mention that the sporting news of the week has got nothing to do with football, nothing to do with Manchester United being in the country, nothing to do with any of that sort of stuff. The sports story of the uh, of the week, undoubtedly, Cameron Smith winning the British Open. What a bloody sensational effort that was! Six birdies in the last nine, is that right? Yeah, well, Correct. finally alert because I went to bed when he was two under, he was two two strokes off it, and I know finally sat up and watched the, the the back nine, the final nine holes of the comp live. I watched it last night. Oh God, finally, how good was he? Look, I watched the whole tournament. He was brilliant the first two rounds. He started shonkily in the third round and never got. Never got going. He just kept missing putts by a fraction and never got on a roll. In fact, his third – he shot – he listen to this. He broke the all-time winning score at St Andrews, previously held by Tiger Woods at 19 under. He shot 20 under. Yeah. Yet he had one round over par. He shot 73 on the third day, didn't he? Correct. So he yeah. went over par on the third day. So an amazing effort. That is a phenomenal effort to be able to – Produce what he did. I'm telling you, had I watched that tournament, had had that been one of the many nondescript Americans that go around, you know, had it been, I don't know, Zach Johnson, had it been Homer, whatever his first name is, H O M A, Harold Harold Varner the Third. Yeah, well, had it been any of them, I would have been waxing lyrical. Yeah, but the fact that it was an Australian to be. To come in four shots off the pace and 
for the leader, one of the leaders, to shoot three under and you still beat him. Well, that's just ridiculous. <laughs> it is. It is. I was watching, and obviously when I watched it last night, I knew he'd won, but I'm thinking, when does he, like, his charge on that back nine, I thought, something's got to happen here shortly. But he just, he was just, he was unstoppable. He was he was as close to perfect as you'd get, I would have thought. Yeah, and he's, he's not the sort of player that I'm ever – when he stands on the tee, that I'm ever absolutely certain he's going to nail it. Like, I've seen Scotty Scheffler, when he's in form now, this new world number one, he just hit down the middle all the time. It's almost boring. But with Cam Smith, there's always a chance of going a bit wayward. Um, but he's totally unflappable. And golf is about being unflappable. That's why I don't play it anymore. You know, I used to play quite a bit of golf. And I ended, and I ended up throwing my clubs into a sort of greenside pond at Rabina Woods. Oh, that's right. I played Rabina Woods, and then I realised my room key was in there. <laughs> um, Not the smartest move, anyway. No, but I just said had enough completely. You know, so th- this unflappable nature that he has serves him so well. Magnificent putter, we know that's important, and a, and. A, just a very down to earth, normal Aussie bloke. You, you, you know, one of our great Aussie golf icons is currently disgracing himself, I reckon. But you won't get Cam Smith doing that. Yes, Greg Norman. Is is, got- Greg Norman has most certainly lost the room. There's no doubt if that's the expression that we use these days. He's lost the room. If you have a son and you want him to be a great sportsman. Should call him Cameron Smith. <laughs> it works, doesn't it? It does. And as, as for Rabina, I've played with Rabina, and I don't think she's unflappable at all. But that's another yeah, story. Yeah, but you Mount Evelyn, so why? Why would? We- <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> why would we pay any attention to anything you've got? To Wouldn't say? mind, but yeah, no. Nah. Come on, get on. Yes. So uh, no, that's the that is the big story, and deservedly so. Whatever accolades come his way, he he deserves it, and he's working on uh, finding out how many beers fit into that claret mug, that claret jug, and I reckon that's a good idea. And the hockey roos came third in the uh, world hockey championships. They beat okay. Germany, got the bronze medal, which was the hockey was that the girls or the boys? The uh, girls, the girls. Yeah. Boys are the That's right. And, Australian uh, girls are always better than men at sport. And, of course, we've, well, we're all getting geared up for the Commonwealth Games that are starting in uh, about a week and a bit's time. Whereabouts? Birmingham. Really? Birmingham in the UK. Yeah, good on them. I'll tell you one thing about England. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember a couple of years ago they were panicking about some heat wave and I saw this article that in Scotland, in St Mirren, they had recorded their hottest day in history, at twenty-seven point three degrees. <laughs> oh my I've god! Got admit, I've got to admit, this time their heat wave has got some teeth to it. It's forty, isn't it? I, 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 forty was, in London, yeah. forty-one in Birmingham, and those cities are not. You know, when you come from a town that's hot, that gets hot, there are certain things about your city that accommodate heat. Just over the years, you know, we've got a lot of trees. There's a lot of park space, and yep. But some places that are not built for heat are horrible when it's hot, and I would not want to be in Birmingham or Manchester when it's 40 degrees, I can yep. tell you that. Yep. I, I would not want to be in Birmingham late at night walking home. I think you'd big chance of getting the shit punched out of you and getting robbed, from what was, I understand. Was Birmingham the place where Bon Scott got belted up and that pub that he used to work in? Was that Birmingham? Birmingham. Oh. Well, I remember Dave Warner had a song called When a Boy from Brooklyn Meets a Guy from Birmingham, There's Going to Be a Hell of a Fight. So I'm basing my Birmingham thing on Dave Warner and Suburbs' song. Didn't John Paul Young had a song called Birmingham? I well, if, it, if he did, I don't think it went very well. He's reckon, a great guy, JP. I, I reckon Youngie had a song called Birmingham. Anyway. Well... Well, uh, I don't know why, because he's from Scotland. It makes no sense. Well, so you, okay. wrote, you wrote a song called what, Where Will We Be in 50 Years? How old were you when you wrote that? 23. I was, I was contemplating my, my demise. I was making everybody realise that every day is precious and you need to value it. 
and I think it was still a noble effort, and I wish somebody else would sing it and make it a better, do a better version of it because I think the song deserves it. Yep. But that's enough about me. All right. For, now. For now. For now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've told people, I've told you, that is a good song. Yeah, it is. Yeah, but it deserves a better singer. But anyway, can we get back on a sport, please? Yes, we can. Especially, North Melbourne had a win. Oh, who picked that? Not me. No well, one did. I reckon most North Melbourne supporters wouldn't have picked that. I didn't right. even know who the coach was. <laughs> <during> the coach. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, well, um, Lee Adams uh, has a, a tasted victory as the uh, the North Melbourne coach. Something that oh, I, David Noble. I, I'll tell you, I must admit, I, and I'll be honest, the thing where they go out the week after the coach is sacked and they win actually shits me. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but they, they had a bit – the week before they went all right against Collingwood. Yes, they did, and they probably should have won, but they ran out of petrol in the last quarter. But I that, mean, I was surprised they sacked him. Yeah, so was I, to be honest. But that thing where uh, where teams go out and win the week after the coach gets sacked really shits me. Yeah, it shows that they they could have done better. Now, it was a new coach, so I better pull my finger out and make sure that I'm not dropped or traded or whatever – and you sort of go, well, hang on, you could have done this five weeks ago, but you didn't. Yeah. And that's it's it's they're playing selfishly so that they retain their job. And you know, if they can play that well, they should have been look, they were good against Collingwood, no doubt. But gee whiz, you know, they could have been better earlier in the year than what they have. They just tried a bit harder, had yep. a bit more endeavour. Bit more enthusiasm, bit more desire to win. I agree. Well, you know, I'm I'm a football coach. Well, you know, you're a sports knowledge. You've sports knowledge is you know second to everyone. How did New Zealand go in that yacht race? We we they going all right? Still going. Okay, it's a long yacht right. race. It's around the World Series. Oh uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Terry Bullen, all of the cost of seven hundred fifty thousand to pull him out of the Arctic. Yeah, it would have been cheaper yeah. just to throw him back in, wouldn't it? <laughs> you know, yeah, oh, slip, slip, slip a white pointer and an extra fifty, and look after the little bomb over there for us, would you? Look, anyway. look if you're gonna if you're gonna have somebody eaten by a shark, Terry Bullimore was the oh, man who saved us a fortune. I have to tell you something, Brian. Very important. Oh, please, God, you reminded me. Oh, goodness. Oh no. So I was listening to the ABC last night, the news, and it's more comprehensive than the other ones. Now, apparently, mm. on the Gold Coast and right up and down the coast of Queensland, there's going to be some sort of gnarly weather over the next few days. Oh, yeah. Storm sort of stuff out to sea, mm. causing very turbulent waters. And when right. that they have to remove the shark nets because they get all tangled up and destroyed. Ooh. So for the next few days, there's no shark nets at the beaches along the Gold Coast right up to the Sunshine Coast. Ooh. Well, my mate, sorry. So, and they said, be very careful because the sharks will come into shore. Well, my mate Joe, who lives a block away from me, he's a school friend, another school friend that lives up here now, um, he reckons the shark nets are just a placebo. And they're there just to make people feel comfortable. That you know, there's you know, you can get under them, you can go beside them. And I was delighted to be able to tell him yesterday. So it's not just a placebo. We caught three whales in the uh, shark nets last week, and so they are doing their job because nobody has been attacked or killed by a whale over the last six months. So I think, uh, you know, I think I really showed it to Joe. I said, you know, it's a placebo. No, we caught three freaking whales. So, you know, it saved me going on my whale hunting trip. So, yeah, that's all I've got to say. Okay. But be careful, Brian, because, you know, the dickhead nets have been removed and uh, you, you could get eaten. Well, look, it, it got down to 21 here today. So I felt no need to go swimming. So uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyway. Okay. Yeah. All right. How was the How was the weather in Melbourne just today? Out of the way, by the way, so, boys. It is so cold. Oh. It's horrible. <laughs> it is. It's icy. It's icy. It's absolutely icy. I hate it. We went for a walk this morning, and I I had the big th the biggest thickest jacket I could find 
on as well, and I'm walking, and I still was feeling gold. Ridiculous. Yeah, I'm up at 6 o'clock with the store, sometimes, you know, 3 in the morning I'm there. It's, it's hard on the body, and it's freezing. The hands are yeah. cramping. Oh, gee, it's hard work. Yep. No, don't don't envy you that at all, Mr. Fine. All right, let's get to the footy tips, boys, and then we'll get to that chart so we can give it a nice whack. Uh, footy kicks off Friday night. Richmond and Fremantle at Marvel Stadium. The Tigers coming off uh, losing embarrassingly to North Melbourne. Take on Frio. Uh, there are, you know, a lot of people talking Frio up, including our purple friend here, the purple wiggle himself, Brian Mannix. Well, this is a tough game to pick, Kev, because... Both teams are embarrassed about their efforts last week, so mentally they're going to be fired up. But, you know, the Maroons won the, uh, which is purple as far as I'm concerned, they, they won the state of origin. So I'm going to stick with Fremantle. I just think they had a, a bad week. So Fremantle for me. Frio, Fanny? I'm going to go for Richmond. Richmond, yeah, me too. I uh, I don't think they'll drop that one. Uh, North Melbourne take on Hawthorne. Ho, ho, they're a chance to win this one. It's down at Bloodstone Arena uh, on Saturday afternoon at one forty-five. Here you go, Brian, the Giant Killers or the team I that have, you've been talking up all year? I have never doubted North Melbourne. You know, if people want to go back and listen to the tapes, they'll know that I've been supporting them all year and um, it's their home ground. The Hawks are good, but I think Fremantle, they're all fighting for their uh, – Who is it? North Melbourne. North Melbourne. They're all fighting to stay on the list and stuff, so I think they'll be more motivated than whoever they're playing. Hawthorne. All right. Finey? No, I'm going to go for the Hawks. Not that I don't think North Melbourne can win, but, you know, these teams near the eight keep losing. Hawthorne will think they can make the finals, so why not? I'm going for Hawthorne because I don't think uh, North Melbourne – I think that was a, a flash in the pan, North Melbourne. It was an emotional thing, and I don't think they'll be able to carry that over because I don't think their skill level will allow them to be good enough to win. Uh, so that's what I reckon. Uh, also Saturday afternoon uh, at the SCG at 1.45, Sydney are at home to Adelaide. Uh, Sydney for me in a – I think that'll be in a canter. Viney? In a hand canter, Sydney. Thank you. Uh, Mr Mannix? I think the umpires are out of their slump. They're back in form. Sydney for sure. Port Adelaide take on Geelong. This one's in Adelaide at the Adelaide Oval Saturday afternoon at 4.05. Mm. Oh, the right. fact that it's at 4.05, that bothers me. If it was 4 o'clock or 4.10, mm. mm. I'd be back in Port Adelaide. But at 4.05, Geelong for sure. The 4.05 from Geelong to win? Okay, finally you'd be going Geelong, I would have assume. Yeah, I'm always a bit sceptical of Geelong, but I'm finally being won over because they've made genuine improvement this year. Why? Sam DeConing, a brilliant recruit, just what they needed, a, a fullback and a marking player at that. So what a great long-term work he is. Zach Guthrie has finally, he's taken a long time, but he's finally AFL standard. He's playing very well. Yeah, agree. Uh, and... They've got another one that's that's come of age as well. That I'm tra- oh yeah, young Max Holmes, very good. Yeah, he played well last week, didn't he? Played very he's well. good. He's playing well now. He's good. He's got. I mean, he's, you know, he's only young, but he's now body's starting to match it with the opponents. He's got a good engine, great pair of hands, very good prospect. So, yeah, they're getting some improvement from within, and uh, that means they're going to be hard to hold out for the flag. So, bye bye Port, not this week. Exactly. Matt, Matt, Matt Holmes, um, it doesn't surprise me that his body's getting better because his brother, John, he he had a terrific body. And, now, um, do you know who's mum? Who? Sue <laughs> oh, the, the high jumper? The sprinter. Sprinter, yeah. Probably Just, running away from, hang on, are you talking about John Holmes or no, Matt Holmes? No, no, no. Because I don't think. John Holmes had a serious girlfriend. He seemed to have plenty. Yeah. All right. Sorry. Yeah. I've just wanted to bring some pornography into the conversation because I felt like we, we've been remiss with you're the lucky corner of talk. So uh, with that in mind, we're heading to uh, the Gabba, uh, home of the Porn Channel, where the Brisbane Lions will take on the Gold Coast. <laughs> Brian, you live, well, in that, you live in that part of the world in the four postcode. What's going on? Who's going to win? losing to Essendon. 
you know, and getting thrashed by Essendon, who I, you know, love, but I was hoping the Suns would win, as we, as our listeners would know. But um, so, no, I, I'm going to jump on my second team, the Suns. Uh, stuff Brisbane. Okay. Finally, Brisbane or the Gold Coast? Oh, At- Brisbane. Stu- yeah. Stupid if you don't. Mm. Well, you know, I'm mm. stupid, but, you know, I, I'm happy to be stupid. Yeah, well, <laughs> I'm not stupid and I'm going for the Lions. The Bulldogs play Melbourne. Whoa, big game this one, Saturday night at Marvel Stadium at 7.25. I'm going to go for the Doggies. I think we were pretty good last week, but I don't know what we actually beat in the first three quarters. And then when it got put to us in the last quarter, we didn't look very good. So I'm not convinced that uh, the Bulldogs are a, a genuine premiership contender at this particular <laughs> stage or even going to make the eight. But I'm still going to tip them because I love them. Finey. Yeah, interesting game. Gee, Bontepelli was good, but that's because he was given the opportunity to be so. Melbourne, they're not travelling all that well. Um, I'm going to tip Melbourne. Melbourne, yes, thought you might. And uh, Mr Mannix. I think Melbourne have, are in mental disregard and I think that this week they're going to pull their socks up, got to have a good hard look at themselves. And I'm sorry, Kev, but I think they'll beat your dogs. Okay. Fair enough. I'll accept that. Carlton play the Giants Sunday afternoon, Marvel Stadium at 110. I don't think Carlton are travelling well, but I don't think the Giants are travelling very well either. So I'm going to go for Carlton in this only because it's at Marvel. Brian? Look, I think I'll enjoy the game more if I'm going for the Giants. So Giants for me. You just don't like Carlton, do you? You just oh, don't look, like Carlton's, Carlton. Carlton supporters give me so much crap. Yeah. You know, so I'm, I'm going to lose a slab to Daryl in Airport West because they're going to finish higher than Melbourne. So, no, stuff Carlton. Let's go for uh, the GWS, who have been shit outs for a long time. And I think they're going to have a good hard look at themselves, they're going to mm-hmm. look at themselves in the mirror, and they're going to fire up and do something they've never done for weeks, and that's win. Mm, okay. <laughs> Finally, does that convince you to go for the Giants, or will you be sticking with Carlton? What a soulless club the Giants are. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Who barracks for them? Who cares about them? Certainly not the players. God, they're, you know, they're a, an invisible. They're like a jellyfish. There's no spine. I don't like them at all. No, they're not going to win, and they're not. They're never going to win me over. No, I thought they had a chance with Leon Cameron there of actually turning into a, you know, a footy club that we would have some respect for and all that. But it didn't happen. Just didn't happen. Do you think Alistair Clarkson will end up there next year? Doubt it. I think Essendon are talking to him. Anyway, that's my okay. mind, but anyway. Yeah, Collingwood anyway. and Essendon, here you go. Uh, this is the Sunday afternoon game at the MCG 320. Collingwood are now going for, what is it, eight or nine in a row, I think. Right. Might be nine. And Essendon have won a few in a row too, Brian. It's really hard to imagine Essendon winning four in a row, but I think it's also equally difficult to imagine Collingwood winning ten in a row when they nearly got beat by North Melbourne. So I'm going to jump back on my bombers this week, and because possibly because I hate Collingwood, but um, so yeah, bombers for me. Good, I'm glad you said that. That's a good reason for me to pick Collingwood. Finey, oh, bitch. I'll say this: <laughs> recent recent strong form by both of these clubs. We could have another belting crowd at eighty thousand plus. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised. Yeah, absolutely, should be. Yeah. So um, now, look, I'm going to go for Collingwood. He's, uh, he's, does he got the rising star sign up, young Dacos, do you think, Finey? Yeah, yes, he does. Yes. Yep. Would have thought so. Can't think of anybody who would uh, be taking it off him at this stage. There's some good young players around, but if he isn't the best first-year player going around, I don't know who is. Uh, isn't, there two, excuse me, isn't there two Dacoses? Yeah, Josh and Nick. Nick's good, and Josh is still developing, is he? No, Nick's the one. Well, Nick's the first-year one, and Josh is the one who's been around for a little while. You know how he got named? Peter Dacos, his dad, his wife came and said, what are we going to name the baby? He was shaving. He said, oh, Nick. Mm. Okay, it's not great. Okay. Uh, <laughs> West Coast and St Kilda at Optus Stadium, Sunday afternoon, 4.40, so it's in Perth. The Eagles at home. The Saints are struggling. 
I'm only going to go, I'm going to go for the Eagles only because it's over there. But the form of both these two sides stinks, to be honest. Funny. Oh, I'll go for and kill them, an idiot. Fair enough. It's as good a reason to pick them as as not pick them. Uh, Brian, the casting vote well, here. Well, as you go to the West Coast ground, they had the Eagles flying around over the crowd before the game with the GoPro on. They show the footage afterwards. And I think that will get the Eagles across the line. <laughs> what an idiot. <laughs> oh, well, it's as logical of the train of thought as picking the colours or, you know, whatever. Uh, uh, you wait. Purple will win this year. It's a year of purple. Okay. I'm not sure that uh, the Melbourne Storm are showing much of that at the moment, but that was a, they'll be, a they'll fascinating game. They'll fasc- be fine when it matters, kids. Fascinating game. Well, they've lost Pappenhausen for a long time too, I think. Uh, oh, no, today. no. He, he, he cracked his kneecap. That Jack White and ran over the top of him, and in doing so, they had a knee-on-knee contact you could see on the telly that almost made me vomit, and uh, Pappenhausen cracked his patella. Well, it's reminiscent of John Hopperati. Uh, he when didn't he crack cracked, his patella, uh, he cracked a fat. Um. He cracked a fat. <laughs> he, um, he got into the crack. He, uh, no, he wow. Was, yeah, no, no, no. Wouldn't you love to be his brother or his no, mother? No, no, thank you. You know, say, oh, that's my son sticking his finger up somebody's bottom during a football game. Well, you no. know, there's, there's people in the medical profession get paid an awful a lot of money to do that, Brian. Well, it's called prostate awareness, Kevin. Maybe that's what John Hopperati was doing at the time, saying, hey, I'll... Well, I think he had a bit of medical experience mm. and um, he cared about even his opposition teammates and um, give him a little prostate check uh, yep. in any uh, tackle. Let's so, get well to done, the chart. John. Let's get to July 1971. 1971. Yeah. It's a great doco uh, around that, if you haven't watched, it's about a six or seven-part doco on the music world of 1971 and how everything changed and who came out of uh, 1971 and went on to be, you know, massive big stars. And this this chart uh, is an illustration of some of the great stuff that was around. I'll put it up on the Facebook, uh, on the Rock and Roll Facebook page so you can have a look at it. And thanks to Ken Francis for sourcing this one for me. Good on you, Kenny. Appreciate it. He's a good bloke, Ken. Because it is a bloody beauty, this chart. And uh, there's so many good songs in that top ten I mentioned earlier, but outside that top ten there's – an equal amount of absolute rippers. Finally, please start us with your number three, good and bad. Okay, I'm going to start off with a bad one, and mm. there are a few bad ones here. Yeah, there are. Now, I'm not saying that, and, and in fact not, because there, there's actually a song by this ensemble that I like a lot. I, I'm talking about the Partridge family. Oh, yeah, okay. Yes. Yeah. Uh, which one of theirs do you like? Um. I'm halfway there or something, isn't it? No. Um, the one I'm with you halfway. That's the one that's on this chart. Yeah, that's the one I don't like. Oh. Um, Doesn't somebody I want to be wanted? I woke up in love this morning. I woke up in, in love this morning. morning. That's called I Woke Up in Love This Morning. It's a good song. Yeah, I like that, but I don't like this one. No, this one is yeah, ordinary. I'll, I'll meet you halfway. It sort of sounds like it should be a song for my Uber food deliveries because I never fucking get them. <laughs> <laughs> we had that the other week, exactly the same thing. You know, you order it, you wait, you wait, and then they say it's not coming. Yeah, how does that work? I don't know. The driver must have been hungry. Well, that's what I, that's what happened to us the other week. They, they, then they oh, rang me and said, oh, he's not coming. I said, what do you mean? He's a freaking Uber driver. He's, that's his job. I said, well, he's not going. Yep, that, yep, sorry, we've changed our minds. Yeah. Which is just ridiculous. Can't wait to and for my number three, good. Yep. Yeah. No, that's a good one. The Partridge Family. That is. That is a, a very ordinary song. Yeah. Now I'm a little biased here because my daughter Andy, gorgeous kid, very good musically. I mean, Nat is the musical side of the family. Very good. And Andy sort of has the ability to hear a song, get on the piano, and start playing. Oh wow! And when she was little, we gave her Carol King. Oh. Playbook of Carol King, and and to have a little nine year old, eight year old, nine year old singing all these songs, God, they were good times. So, it's too late by Carol King. Yeah, good song. I love that. So that's a really good album. Yep. Yep. Good Brilliant. album. Great album. Do you do? A, do you do a bit of a rousing family choral version of Smackwater Jack? No. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Fair enough. 
Uh, but no, it's too it's too late. A very good song. He's a very good songwriter and a, a most underrated singer, I reckon, Carol King. Yeah, yeah, very good. Tapestry is a very good album. All right, Mr. Mannix, what do you got? You've okay. D- you've done the uh, work my, this week. It's surprising. I, that, that I, 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 I didn't write the numbers down. That's all right. Um, but um, number three bad is me and you and a dog named Boo. Good old uh, Lobo. Kent Lavery is his real name. I'm trying to find. Kent what? Kent Lavery is his real name. L- Lavia. Kent Lavier. Laffery, you idiot. Now I know what's gone wrong here. <laughs> no, no, no. No, no, no. I've just had a, you know, I'm trying to get to the city because I've got the 21st for my son. We're taking him out to the Botswana Butchery of all places. Yeah, I've never heard of it, but you mentioned it to me last night when we were chatting. The Botswana so Butchery. I now, I'm wondering why I'm in traffic and barely moving, and Manchester United seem to be playing. Oh, they are Tuesday night, of course. Yes. Yeah, right. <laughs> Oh, sorry, Fanny. And that's another a- reason for hating those thanks bastards. Ooh! <laughs> yeah, I'm with you there. I don't have any problem with that. All right, so Lobo's Me and You and a Dog Named Boo, the number 11 song on this chart. Yep. And my number three good, and I could have picked, there's six or seven songs I could have picked oh, for this chart uh, for the good ones, but I've, I've got a special spot for It Don't Come Easy by Ringo Starr because – I learned to play the riff on the guitar and it's a really cool riff. I think George Harrison would have written it. And, no, to me it's a great song. It's got some funny um, lyrics, hasn't it? It Don't Come Easy. I didn't look at the lyrics today, but I, my memory of the lyrics are it's got, it's got quite weird lyrics. Well, I kind of I, I kind of align the lyrics to a bit. It's a long way to the top if you want to rock and roll. Got to pay the dues if you want to play the blues. You know it don't come easy. And you know easy. it don't come easy. Like. Yeah. Getting ripped off. Getting it's 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 about the hardships of being a musician. So that's probably why I favour it. So mm. yeah, that's my number three. Good. Okay, my number three bad is a little thing. And it's actually it's on this chart. Actually, what? Kev, Kev, I don't think anybody cares about your choice. It's just being funny, right? All right. My number Please three. Please tell bad me, Kev. Is uh, yeah. it's on this chart twice. By two different artists. One is a band, Ooh. an American uh, vocal group, and the other one is an Australian female singer. And Ooh. it's a bit of a gospely type song, um, in lyrically and in in feel. And I thought it was just bloody awful, and I hated hearing it on the radio. wasn't I wasn't on in radio in 1971 when this came out. That was but predates my radio days. But it's put your hand in the hand of the man who parts the water, or whatever it is. Um, by Ocean, and the Australian version was by Alison Durbin, which also is on this Go Set chart that we've got. So that is just no. I'm not. I'm not big on gospely commercial gospely you- songs. I like gospely. I like gospel music. I think gospel music's fantastic. But this is just a bloody awful song. No, clearly you hate Jesus. This is what you're saying. <laughs> you know, put your hand in the hand of the man who stilled the water. Peace be still. Part of the water. You know, or I think, the water you know, I think you are going to upset a lot of our Christian listeners. Oh, we've got I, a lot of those. Uh, well, <laughs> well, they're not practising Christians, but they went to Catholic school. But There's a lot of people no, who say Jesus Christ during the recording of this program, not only and in the listening back to it too, I believe. I'll tell you what, if this was a song about Allah, and you you came in with this abuse of the song. I think you'd be in all sorts of strife, Kev. I probably would, <laughs> and I'm willing to cop it. I'll uh, cop it. it's just an awful, awful, awful song. Just oh god, it's a grating song. Now my number three good is also in this chart twice, and I think it's a typo mm. because it's in. Uh, firstly, uh, you can see it up the top. Uh, I'll just find it here, what number it is when it first appears in here. Uh, I've got the, that number, but I haven't written down the other one. Where's the other one? Um, why at why number, haven't you done your preparation? Kid? Yeah, What's number 24. Shut up, Brian, you idiot. <laughs> 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 number 24 is Seasons of Change by Fraternity. And you look down the list further and you see number 53, Seasons of Change, Fraternity. Now, there were two versions of that song. One, of course, by Fraternity, obviously, which was Bon Scott. And the other one was by Black Feather, which was Seasons of Change. Yes. 
So yes. I'm 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 assuming that one of these actually is Black Feather, and I'm assuming that because it sold more copies, that Black Feather actually should be the one that's at number twenty four, and Fraternity should be the one that's down at number fifty three. So, uh, and we spoke to Neil Johns on uh, on Life of Brian in the segment. I love that song, and I love Seasons of Change by Black Feather. Not I don't particularly like the Fraternity version, so I'm putting the Black Feather version in at uh, my number three. Good, one of the great Australian songs, I reckon, of the seventies. Well, here's a little bit of <laughs> trivia for you, Kevin Mark. Mm-hmm. Um, Neil Johns's house got burnt down in a bushfire. Yeah, it did. And um, so we all did a a, uh, a charity gig, a benefit gig, to um, to help him out. And um, yeah, it was great. But that's it. Just yep. his, his you can find on YouTube. Down. Actually, you can see you were performing with Neil on YouTube. And the other little bit of trivia that he told us on Life of Brian was the vocal on that. Seasons of Change, the Blackfeather version, he wasn't happy with it. He actually had laryngitis at the time, had a throat problem uh, at the time when he did the vocal, um, but that was the one they used. His best work was always when he had laryngitis, Kev. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Number two, Finey, what have we got? I mean, there's so much to choose from. Yeah. Now, in in the bad, well, look, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to, Go for his cock. I beg your pardon? Peter Hiscock. Yeah. Oh. And, you know, Peter Hiscock, if you want to look up somebody, normally when you get something on the cards, you can look up the song or the person. There's nothing on this person, barely anything on the song, because mm. he wrote about an incident that occurred, obviously, in 1971, a certain Mr. Brown, and apparently – these English two Englishmen decided to claim there was a bomb aboard a, an Australian flight somewhere in Queensland heading to Sydney, and for a half a million dollars they would let authorities know where it was, otherwise the plane would blow up midair. And incredibly, they got the half a million dollars. Yeah, they did. At which point they told them there's no bomb on board. Yep. Um, they arrested one of the blokes. He served a few years, got deported to England. But they never recovered the money. Oh, didn't they ever get the money? No. Oh, okay. But that's, that's an interesting story. But just to write a song to the tune of Click Go the Shears is the laziest piece of music. <laughs> oh, it's an opportunity. You know, I could write a song to Click Go the Shears now. You know, I mean, give me a topic. I'll, I'll, I'll do it. Brian Mannix's Love Life. I'm a little bit uh, concerned about this Hang person. On. Hang on, Brian. Sorry, I'm, sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm out. I'm out. Brian Mannix, when girls arrive, they all start to panic. <laughs> Evelyn, the bird he tried to mount, he dismally. How many times? I can't count. <laughs> yeah, no, very good. Very good. Off I'm d- oh, so Click, click, Brian's had a miss and he's making him sick. Anyhow, you know, so I mean, give me a Yes. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. Yeah, go on, Brian. What do you want to say about I, I, I totally agree with you, uh, Finey. I think this man is lazy and I think he's quite disturbing. His last name is His Cock and he's singing Mr. Brown. Now, what he's doing in the bedroom, I think it's offensive. I don't think we need it on AM radio. And, uh, you know, enough about that. I, I know you're trying to. You know, sell this show on, Kevin. This isn't helping, but it just needed to be said. Yep, certain Mr. Brown, number twenty-six, Peter Hiscock. That that's a real name. It's oh, not, not Peter, that's even that makes it even worse. Yes, Peter the Phantom Puller. So, uh, <laughs> which would have been uh, all the rage on uh, blankety blanks at that stage. Now, what's your good one then? Finally, at number two. I mean, there are so many good songs. I'm getting confused, and and so many different types of music that I like. So I'm going to toss up, do I go for LA International Airport, which for some reason I really like. Ooh. I knew you guys wouldn't. But I'm, like, I'm not going for LA International Airport. Yeah, Don't good worry. move, good move. It'll I'm get mentioned. Sorry. There's a guy walking. He's got a, he's got a Shintaro hairdo. Don't see that often. Um, <laughs> now I'll go to the other end of the spectrum to one of the great songs of all time, Deep Purple, Black Knight. Oh, yes. Yes, Mr. Fine. It's a long way from home. 
Black Knight. It is a long way. What a good song. Uh, no, that- no, no, no. Talking about, talking about famous riffs. Yeah. yeah. Actually, they're yeah. responsible for you know, Black they, Knight's they, a great riff. Strange Kind of Woman, which is on this chart as well, is a great riff. And you can't get a stronger, more identifiable uh, rock and roll riff than, you know, Smoke on the Water. Bloody hell. Uh, and then space trucking. I was listening to space yeah. trucking. They are terrific at writing riffs. That, yep. And, you know, they were considered the loudest, they were the loudest band in the world and they were heavy metal. But you listen to it, it's it's not that heavy at all, but the songs are great. Oh, yeah. I and, love the and, drum and, sound and, on Black Knight. I reckon Black Knight's got one of the best drum sounds I've ever heard. Well, as a guitarist, I just love the riffs, and they were pretty easy to learn, but they're very, very effective. So, good choice, Fonny. Good call, good call Fonny. Right, right, Brian. Number two. I played guitar. Hey. You know what I said about Deep Purple? What? He said, I hate Deep Purple. They've stolen all the great riffs. <laughs> 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 all right, Brian, what do you got, number two? Well,. <sighs> This is going to offend a lot of people, but it's not like Johnny Farnham, Acapulco's son. Yeah, not a good song. Look, I don't know who the hell produced this, but they've got this these weird sounds, like this awful whistle. I think it's a recorder. A train whistle, <laughs> isn't it? That's, oh, it sounds like a, you know, that recorder, that, you know, when they try to teach kids music and the cheapest one was to get was a recorder at high school. Yeah. And it just sounded like shit and it turned and turned most people off music. And this song features this. And I, and I think, you know, John's a great singer, but sometimes, John, you just got to, it's a simple song. Sing it simply, but I think he's over singing it. Um, that recorder, it sounds like squeaky kid's toy being squeezed. You know, it's like his kid was next door while he was recording the vocals. Going, reek, reek. It's just it's just shitful. Um, <laughs> you know, John does a great job. The bass player is amazing. But just overall, it just doesn't work for me. So I'm sorry, John. Uh, you're the greatest singer in Australia. You're probably the nicest bloke in Australia. But you really stuffed up on this one. Yeah, I reckon Stop it would have been. To others. I it would have been Howard Gable who produced it. He did all that EMI in-house stuff at that stage, didn't he? I think. Well, we should go around Howard Gable saw it and punch the shit out of him <laughs> for fucking putting that recorder on this song. It might have been all right without the. I'll st- I'll beep. stand to be corrected whether it's Howard Gable or not. We'll find out, and I'll uh, I'll think. What uh, what's your, what's your good? Oh, well, it's pretty obvious. Brown Sugar by uh, the Rolling Stones. And, and, and how ridiculous is this? It's a song about slavery and, oh, no, 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 that's racist. So the Stones dropped it from their set. Oh, yeah, they did Look, too. I, I'm sorry, but slavery was a part of America. Yep. George Washington had slaves. Abraham Lincoln had slaves. Jefferson had slaves. It's just... You can't rewrite history and now, like, oh, we're not happy with what happened in the past, so we're not allowed to play it. That's a disgrace. So it's a great song. It tells – it's a story, like, you know, a lot of country and Western songs, they tell a story. You know, should we not listen to The Night Chicago Died because people died? Yep. It's this woke bullshit and it's a great song and it should be played and I think for people to get offended by it is an absolute disgrace. It's my number two good, and anybody who's got a problem with that can go and root themselves. Fair enough. And the B-side of that single when it was released in Australia was Bitch. That was a, it was a kick-ass single to buy, that one. I loved it. Here's the Sex Pistols of 1971. There Rock on, go. boys. Yeah. Uh, now, my number two bad, finally you've mentioned it. Uh, I'm glad you didn't put it in your goods because I would have uh, been uh, been most upset. LA International Airport by Susan Ray. I'm sorry. LA International Airport where the big jet engines flow. Well, Jesus must have taken a rocket scientist to come up with that lyric. Um, they should have come up. They should have come up with LA International Airport. Worth eighteen dollars for a Corona. Yeah, and parking's a pain in the ass. Um, <laughs> 
That would have been a so more realistic lyric for everybody. Uh, yeah. So that's my number two bad. My number two good, uh, again, another a couple of blokes who in the next episode of Life of Brian, people will hear from Phil Manning and Matt Taylor together as Chain, um, one of the most memorable songs of all time, I reckon. Uh, Black and Blue by Chain is just brilliant. Matt Taylor tells his story about the lyrics and stuff in, in the next episode of Life of Brian that you'll hear that is just and how, unbelievable. And how they recorded. Yeah. Oh, that's the other one, how they recorded. But, yeah, he's fantastic. It's, yeah. it's definitely worth a listen for everybody. Black and Blue by Chain is uh, my number two in the goods because it's just such a great Australian song. Uh, just Love a great it. song. Should have been a hit. It doesn't – actually, it doesn't sound like an Australian song. No. It sounds – it just sounds like it could have been laid in Indiana or Memphis or somewhere. Yep. It's it's cool as. Yeah, love it. It is. Really good song. Right, I find it. Number three in the bads uh, is uh, the Partridge Family Homage Halfway. Number two is uh, Mister uh, Certain Mr. Brown by Peter Hiscock. Uh, in the Goods, It's Too Late by Carol King and Black Knight by Deep Purple. What is regaling us in the number one slot? Okay, number one bad. Now, initially, I thought, Surely a song with the homemade kazoo of a comb and paper would win the worst song. But you know what? Sir Henry and his butlers from Scandinavia, or whatever they're called, actually got a song in the charts playing a comb with paper wrapped around it. And for that, I'm leaving them out of the bad list. Oh. Right. The, bra- the bravery and the courageous. Of them doing that. Who are you referring to there? Well, it's a song called Camp by Sir Henry and his butts. Oh, yeah, okay. Yep, yep, yep. You'll know the tune. Yes. The number one bad, well, I don't think Rolf Harris has got many fans left, does he? Be pretty safe then, I reckon. Certainly not from the younger generation. (laughs) The Salvation Army Citadel song. Where he sings about going home to some woman's house and joining the salvos. It's really not. It's beyond the pale, to Mm. be honest. Yes. There are certain things you can sing about and certain things that people should not sing about and certain people that shouldn't be going home to the Salvation Army woman's house and and All Rolf. I can say is Rolf, 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 Rolf. <laughs> Rolf. Rolf is that person from the 1971 Go Set Top 60. Uh, Rolf sneaks in there and uh, and and should be sneaking out as well. Um, yeah. That's that's very good, righto. Number one to join Carol King and Deep Purple is again so hard to toss up. Me and Bobby McGee, a brilliant song. Oh yes. Do I go for that or do I go for the doors? Love her madly. Oh, another mm. good song. You know what? Because I want a bit of variety in my playlist, I'm going to go for me and Bobby McGee. Yeah, good song. Janis Joplin at her best. Yep. Couldn't agree more. Great song. Well sung. Oh, brilliantly sung. Um, yeah. Doesn't get much better than that. Mr. Yeah. Mannix. You have uh, I, I, Me and You I and a Dog Named Boo by Lobo and uh, Acapulco Sun by John Farnham, filling three and two in the bad and filling three and two in the good you have it. Don't Come Easy by Ringo Starr and Brown Sugar by the Rolling Stones. What gets your Guernsey at the top? Uh, the top of the shit list. Mm-hmm. Uh, shouldn't be saying that. Mm-hmm. What the hell were the mixtures thinking about when they wrote a song called Henry Ford? Uh, now, they're obviously so proud of this song that you cannot get it on Spotify. You can get everything else they've done, but this one just doesn't appear. So I had to go to YouTube to have a listen to it. Is this it. the one that goes, Henry Ford Save the Day? Oh, it's just got the banjo. It's the, the typical <laughs> yeah. mixture sort of It's just a shit idea. It's a very mediocre song. And... It's it's just a topic not worthy of doing. If you're going to write about Henry Ford, well, write something epic or something, not a little. Yeah, that, little. He funded, that he funded. He was one of the early people to fund the Nazi Party in Germany, and one of the great anti-Semites of all time. Is that right? At least write the truth. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. God. Okay. There you go. A lot of people believe that Hitler wouldn't have got to power without Henry Ford. 
Good. Well, this is, this is something I've been well aware of, Fanny, and um, I was getting to that saying that, you know, good, he's, good a support- you. <laughs> he's a supporter of the Nazi <laughs> Party and, uh, you know, this basically this song, they may as well be singing Heil Hitler in the bridge. That's it's right. just, there it is know. just, uh, actually, just, just to digress briefly, mm. did you hear Joe Biden in Israel this week? No. We've got to never forget the truth and the honour of the Holocaust. Oh, the horror. Oh, <laughs> God, he's a dickhead. <laughs> Red Incom. Could, could you say anything worse than that? I must have spelled anyway. it wrong on the teleprompter anyway. Oh, he can't read. He's on drugs to oh, stick him up. Right, I no, want- no, I've been listening to Tucker Carlson. He's been on drugs since the uh, thing because he just falls asleep and he misses the doctor and gives him, you know, some amphetamines or something. Right. I don't know. Okay. Get back to anyway. the point of the number one song, you number one good. I think we've That's lost not suable. We're not going to get sued over that, Kev, because okay, Tucker Carlson, this is a big, big strong rumour and that's all I'm saying. Just it is. tell but the me num- number one, you pain in the ass. Well, look, <laughs> my number one is I think it's a song that nobody's ever copy, uh, talked about this topic before. I am surprised. It's a song that I would cover. Um, I wouldn't do it as um, mundane as they did. I'd have drums probably going all the way through it and make it more like the birds. Mm. But the Hollies, too young to be married. I just think that is a wonderful song mm. and and it's – it's poignant. It's um, it's yeah. It it it's one of the few songs that talks about the struggles of love and marriage, and you know, no, I I I've always loved this song, and it's my number one good. It's it's a beauty, I reckon. It is a beauty. Couldn't agree more. Very Thank very you. good song. Only kept out yeah. of the number one spot here on this chart by. One of the great songs of all time, and that's Eagle Rock by Daddy Cool. Oh, yes. Which is just edged out of my top three, just edged out of my top three. I I, I love uh, that song. I love – I just uh, – the start of that song is now listen, I just love that, but just edged out of my top three by a song I'll get to in a tick. But my number one bad um, is quite another quasi-Australian, uh, New Zealand-born um, – uh, and John Rolls, I'm sorry, but Cheryl Mona Marie, Cheryl Mona Marie, that's what it sounds like. Seriously, I'm not, I'm not being unkind. He, he holds a tune better than I do, but uh, I think you do it better than yeah, him. Bullshit. Um, and <laughs> it's just an, a, a, a god awful song and a, one of those pretentious kind of big ballady things that uh, I'm sorry didn't work. Not for me. So the number 34 song, John Rolls, JR, uh, makes it into uh, my number one spot because I and only just beats Chirpy, Chirpy, Cheap, Cheap. God, that's an annoying song um, by Lally Scott. <laughs> it's a really annoying song, that. Uh, and my number one good, oh, look, uh, Chickaboom. I love Chickaboom. I love Resurrection yeah. Shuffle by Ashton Gardner and Dyke. I thought that's a great song. Um I really like Another Day by McCartney. I think that's a good song. I love Sweet Sweet Love by Russell Morris. That's a good song. Um, yep. Strange Kind of Woman. The black, uh, the other uh, Deep Purple song is really good. Um, Eagle Rock, as I said, but I, I've gone for Hot Love by T Rex. I just think that's a great song. Um, mm. Memories of uh, a bus trip coming back from its academic in Brisbane back to the high school from uh, a failed attempt at uh, winning its academic uh, in year ten, I think. Um, so, uh, yeah, so it has some memories of, of that for me as well. Um, very nice bus trip back it was. Um, Were you getting a bit of humpy pumpy? I was, the, I, uh, I might have been the, doing on all, the bus trip. I might have been not going quite that, but I might have been going okay, Brian. Might have been Were one you of those. A bit of a melmalina. A bit of a pash. A bit of a pash. Oh, you guilty. A bit of a big pash in the back of the bus with the hot love playing on the speaker. And I thought, yes. So it brings back memories of that, and that was very nice. So uh, that uh, that is my number one. Now, uh, Finey has left us because uh, his uh, son's 21st birthday is tonight as we're recording this. At, well, that's uh, more important than anything that we're talking At the Botswana about. Butchery or whatever it's called that he's gone to, which is apparently well, very nice, and we'll get a report get on that next to- week. 
if you're going to get people to butcher things, you want the Botswanians. <laughs> they uh, they they're right into it. It, they sound, love it. it sounds like a Netflix doco rather than rather than like it's time for the Botswana yeah. butchery. <laughs> Good. Yeah, what do I want to watch? <laughs> Night of the Living Dead or Botswana butchers? <laughs> yes. I don't know. Yeah. It's a toss up. Um, there'll be lots of blood in both. Yeah. So we'll we'll see how we go. Yeah, it's not exactly. A, uh, apparently, it's a very very um, a popular franchise. Franchise, so I um I don't know quite where it comes from, but anyway, uh, now we will put the chart up on the uh, Facebook page so you can have a look at that uh, top sixty. And as I said, thanks to Ken Francis for supplying that. Ken and uh, and a couple of people are going to be supplying us with some charts because they're a bit hard to get these days on um, on the old uh, internet. So they have. Uh, uh, Alex actually has uh, mint copies of the old three XY charts from many many years and. Ken's got a whole stack of them as well. So between the two, we're going to have some very juicy charts coming up on this show in the coming weeks. Uh, thanks to Finey for being with us. Uh, always uh, terrific that he, he found a little window of opportunity between closing the shop and going to his son's 21st. So we uh, we do appreciate that. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Kev. And, um, you know, how, how was good as I? You mentioned the word juicy and I didn't do any innuendo. No, you're good. I I behaved myself pretty well this week. Showing remarkable restraint for a change. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, it's all fun, isn't it? It is, and then someone gets their eye poked out. Uh, (laughs) Which is the story of your life. Uh, We'll see you next week. Uh, Take care. You too, mate, and uh, I think this was a pretty good episode. Rock on. You've just experienced Rock and Roll. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Facebook.